Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Today, we're going to talk about whether you need a web-based code of conduct or code of ethics, as the case may be. But before we get started, I just want to quickly mention that we do appreciate all of you who listen, who download the podcast. Please, if you haven't already, if you could subscribe on iTunes or otherwise, we do appreciate that. That is meaningful to us and it does make a difference for us. Also, if you can, if you are downloading this through iTunes, if you can rate it or provide a review, that also helps and is appreciated. And finally, If you have any questions, any suggestions for future podcasting or anything else, please feel free to get a hold of me. My email address, which I think I've failed to actually state on the podcast before, if you just want to email me directly, is eric at moreheadconsulting.com. That's eric moorhead with one O, consulting.com. Please feel free to get in touch if you have any questions at all, ideas for future podcasts or any other inquiries that you'd like to make. So, do you need a web-based code of conduct? This is a question that I've heard more and more frequently. There are a few codes of conduct that have gained some fame online for being a completely web-based design for a code of conduct. There are a few solutions out there from providers. And I guess I should start this off with the caveat that, obviously, I am a code of conduct developer. I work with many organizations and putting together not only the words, but the design and interactivity of their codes of conduct through the PDF or Adobe format. So I'm going to admit a little bit of bias with the process that we have. I think it's a good process. But I also recognize that there are other both proprietary web-based solutions, but also other developers that will create a completely custom website around your code of conduct. And I have some ideas around this. I just want you know, pr- prepare and, and give the appropriate caveat that I am in the code of conduct development business. So I have some preconceived notions, but I recognize that some organizations find some value in putting together a web-based solution. And I've worked with organizations to provide content that they then work with developers or, and I've uh, project managed developers that have put together web-based solutions. So I'm not completely opposed to it by any means, but I think there are some questions that you need to ask yourself about what you really want. The first thing I would say is if you do a full-on web-based code of conduct development, whether you work with a proprietary format or whether you hire developers to put together a web-based code of conduct on your own and you do the project management, when you want to go back and review your code of conduct, and as we all know, on a regular basis, for most organizations that's on an annual basis, they take a look back and they review their code of conduct. If you want to make some changes to your code content-wise, you need to consider how hard or easy that will be based on the solution that you've chosen to go with, particularly if it's going to be web-based. Do you, for example, have the ability, do you have the tools to go in and make changes on your own? And it may be that you do. And uh, for the most part, most of the changes that people make on an annual basis are small. You may add a section, you may change some wording. You may have a new CEO, so you have to upload a new CEO letter and a photo of the bright smiling face of your new CEO. So consider those things before you put together a new, completely new process. How accessible 
is the code going to be for you as the person or persons responsible for it? How easy is it going to be for you to go back and make those changes or have those changes made? And if you're not going to do those changes yourself, what are the costs associated with making those changes? I think that's an important threshold question to consider. Another important thing to consider if you are contemplating doing a web-based development is compatibility. This is something that we've talked about before with having a completely online code of conduct. Who is going to be accessing your code of conduct? And, And remember, that population may be much broader than just your employees. It may include external stakeholders. How are they going to interact with your code of conduct? Are all the pieces of functionality going to be available to the public? These are all things that you need to consider early on in your development. If you need a code of conduct that's going to be public-facing, does that mean that you have two versions? Uh, One that's an internal-facing one and one that's an external-facing one. And what does that mean uh, for the development of that code of conduct? Also, how are they going to access this code? Do you have a population of employees, for example, that are on the shop floor? One of the benefits of doing a PDF, which is still the gold standard for putting together a code of conduct, is that that document can be printed out and handed, physically handed, to an individual. That document also, a PDF document, or actually the files, the source files for a PDF document, can be sent to a printer, an offset printer, and have them print out you know, a traditional paper version. I know many organizations want to move away from that or are moving away from uh, printed versions. And if that makes sense for you, that's great. But you need to be practical. Is that really the world you live in in your organization? If not, then, and you really still want to have a web-based code of conduct, does that mean that you need to develop both a PDF version and a web-based version? Many organizations do that, but you need to consider that and you need to consider the budget and the resources involved in having both options if you still need a printable version. So that's something to consider. Another thing to consider, and I think this is an elegant solution that many organizations have found, is yes, you want a web presence, but do you really want to replicate your code of conduct? Do you need to do a full-on web development of your code of conduct? Can you not instead have a complementary web development? This is something that I've worked with some of my clients on in the past, and this is something that I see many organizations moving to. And in other words, why replicate word for word and design element by design element what you would have in a PDF or written code of conduct on a website? Websites are naturally different from your code of conduct. And I think, and that, I think that's a good thing. And you need to capitalize on the communication potential of a website to reach your population, but not necessarily reach them in the same way you would with a traditional code of conduct. I think the code of conduct has its own purpose, and a website that talks about code of conduct topics and other risk topics and compliance issues is very important. But I think that should be uh, complementary or collateral to the code of conduct. What I mean is, for example, let's talk about a specific issue. Let's talk about harassment. In your code of conduct, you probably have a section on harassment that's anywhere from two paragraphs to maybe four or five paragraphs. You have a scenario or a Q&A, some sort of call-out box that provides further information and resources, a cross-reference to your harassment policy, for for example. And maybe uh, on that particular page in your code where that that, uh, discussion happens, some sort of design element. Well, why not on your web-based portal or code discussion or whatever you're going to call it, have a little short video 
or some other collateral information, along with a link to the harassment policy and a link to the code. You don't have to cover the same ground. It doesn't have to be the same content. It can be something that is complementary. It can be, again, a 30-second video or some cross-reference to other resources, including reporting resources, and the standalone policy in the code. I think that that is a viable alternative to simply replicating, and I don't mean to be say simple, but but replicating the code of conduct content within a new brand spanking new web page. I think the web page should be something different, something new. Reach perhaps a different population than you might reach with the code of conduct. And we've talked about this before, and in fact, in recent podcasts, we've talked about communication efforts and how you need to be creative and think outside the box. Well, think outside the box on what you want your web presence to be at your organization. Do you simply want to have your code of conduct as your web presence? Maybe you do, but maybe you don't. Maybe you want it to do something different. And again, I've worked with clients and I've seen other organizations do this. The, The code itself is made available as a PDF on that website, but the content there, you know, it discusses the same topics. It provides uh, helpful information, but it does it in a different way. It uses video, it uses animated GIFs, it does it with infographics. There are many different ways to communicate the same issue, and and this is goes back to kind of kind of basic learning and discussion about learning and communication. In that, and many of you have heard this before. Some people are visual learners versus being auditory learners or tactile learners or analytic learners. So you're dealing with a population that is going to approach this material from several different ways. So why not take the opportunity with the website to address the topic in a different way and with a different mode? I think that's the benefit of having a website. You know, it has strengths and weaknesses that are different from the written page that many of us, particularly lawyers, are used to dealing with. And so I think you play to the strengths of the medium and you use it to extend your reach, not just duplicate what you've done before or what you need to do to meet requirements. I think that that is a good way to look at it. Think of a web presence as a complementary process, not necessarily a process to replace uh, the written code of conduct. That's just my two cents. And again, I fully admit that I am biased and and that I have uh, opinions about this. But they're opinions based on working on many, many codes over a period of years now and reviewing and looking at a multitude more codes than those that I've actually worked on. If you go out there and you actually take a a look at codes of conduct and codes of ethics that that exist, they cover the gamut. You know, some are very, very short and to the point and use a lot of graphic elements and some are still very legalistic. So there's a vast universe of ways to communicate these things to your employees. And as we talked about, there's a vast universe of employees to communicate to and other stakeholders to communicate to. So I think that these things are important to keep in mind when you're considering whether your codes should be web-based. So I think the answer, the ultimate answer is probably you should have a web-based presence if you have a web-based group of stakeholders and employees out there. If you have people that are going to be on the web or have access to the web, you should utilize that resource. 
So the question isn't necessarily whether you should be on the web. The question is, is what should you put on the web? If you have the resources and the capacity to use the intranet or some other web resource for the purposes of your compliance and ethics program. I think that you know whether that is a replicating the code of conduct or creating a completely digital code of conduct, I know for some organizations that's made sense for them. But for the vast majority, it just doesn't. Not yet, and maybe not ever. I think that you're going to continue to have a population that are not going to be reachable by that method. And you need to have a code of conduct that is more universal in that respect. That's my two cents. That's where I come down on it. I think that you should utilize web resources, but you should use them in a complementary way. So the upshot this time is, is if you're considering a completely digital code of conduct, maybe you ought to consider other options for your web presence for your compliance and ethics program that are complementary to your code of conduct. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.